What's up, hockey fans, and welcome back to the Good Goal Podcast, episode 17. I'm Christian Brady, still here in quarantine in Foxford, Massachusetts, and I'm talking with my friend Matt Tiart down in Clemson, South Carolina. Matt, how you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I'm doing well. It's a nice day today. Yeah, hockey's uh, – last time we did the podcast, I said hockey is back, but uh, we're inching closer, and hockey is – Almost back, I can say that. There's like, hockey being played as we speak. Doesn't yeah. Happen. It's not against yeah. anyone, but it's happening. And I couldn't be happier about it. Yeah, I'm excited. It's, uh, I'm like playing NHL a lot more, getting ready. So. Yeah. yeah. Well, um, we got some dates finally since the last time we spoke. Yep. Which is awesome. It's great to get the dates ready. Um, and the NHL is just, first class with the way that they've handled it so far. I'm happy to be a hockey fan. I'm happy to be part of the sport because honestly, of all the team sports, hockey is far and away the best handled so far. I mean, the NBA, they're calling it Firefest. I don't know if you know about that. But with yeah. the food that they're getting and whatever it is, everybody's complaining about the bubble. NHL just has none of that. Yeah, NHL, uh, like we said last time, it was like right when they announced it, we were saying um, the NHL is kind of the first sport to get the ball rolling, which is awesome to see. But for them to just keep their momentum and NBA is like kind of falling apart and MLB finally got it figured out, I think. But it almost didn't happen at all. Yeah. yeah. So uh, hockey, again, just showing why they're the best sport. So. Mm-hmm. Yep, exactly. So dates, I'll just run them down real quick and then we'll yep. talk about it a little bit. So phase one and two already happened. Phase three began July 13th, and that was the full training camp start date, which means that every player is there and reporting. Um, And full training camp starts as usual. Obviously, there are restrictions when play is not happening, but no shying away from contact or anything. Yeah. Full hockey is happening right now, full training camp, which is amazing. And there's like 35, 40 guys on each squad with the expanded rosters. The next day we have is July 26th. That's when all the teams leave training camp in their respective cities, head out to the hub cities, which development from last episode are now Toronto and Edmonton. So the Eastern Conference will fly up to Toronto on July 26th and the Western out to Edmonton. Conference finals and finals will be in Edmonton. And that's when teams will start to be able to see their families up until that point. No contact with the outside world from that bubble. And then as soon as they're there for the 26th, I'm sure they have a practice day or two. And then exhibition games begin July 28th. Each team plays one. Yeah, uh, We're excited about these exhibition games. But each team will play one. And then August 1st is the first day of the qualifying round. And the ro- round robin games will begin on the second and third. So that's it. That's phase four. That August 1st is that's the beginning of hockey again as we know it. So. So, two-week training camp, I like that number. Um, That means get your stuff together. You got two weeks. Right. Well, guys have been keeping in shape, hopefully. Um, Yeah. And they've been invited to their facilities since the beginning of July, so they've had a couple extra weeks to get to see each other in small groups. And then, like you mentioned, I want to touch on that again. Families aren't allowed to, like, come visit or hang out until the conference finals. So if you make it to the conference finals, like 
that is, I guess, your incentive. Um, yeah. But from start of playoffs to conference finals is five weeks. That guys, that'll be the time guys will go without seeing their family if they can. Yeah. And that's going to be difficult. That's going to be very difficult. Yeah. So well, let's circle back to those exhibition games, which begin July 28th. Uh, we noticed something that uh, I don't know. I haven't heard much buzz about. These exhibition games are set up so that teams take them very seriously. You sent me the picture a couple minutes ago. I'm just going to read off these matchups, and you can tell me the pattern that you realize with these. On the 28th, Philadelphia Flyers play the Pittsburgh Penguins. Toronto plays Montreal. Edmonton plays Calgary. July 29th. Yeah, so right Battle of Florida. I'm telling you, it's the Battle for Pennsylvania and the Battle of Alberta. Like, already. Yep. Okay. Yep, and then the other two Canadian teams. Then, Battle of Florida on the 29th. Uh, the Panthers versus the Lightning. Then, Colorado plays Minnesota. Caps play Carolina, which is like sort of a newfound rivalry. They've been playing yep. in the playoffs a lot recently. The Blues play the Chicago Blackhawks, original six matchup. Battle of New York, the Islanders and the Rangers. Another Canadian matchup with Vancouver and Winnipeg. And then July 30th, we have Nashville and Dallas, the two Bible Belt teams. Uh, Boston and Columbus, which honestly I'd say is probably the least rival Radic game. That's so not a word. Yeah, geographically they should be rivals. That's like the only right. And they did play last year in the in the playoffs, so yeah. or two years ago in the playoffs. So maybe there's a little animosity. And then that night, the last ex exhibition game is Arizona and the, um, Vegas, which are you know which is a desert rivalry now to each other. The desert rivalry, I guess, is yeah. a good name for it. But all of these are meant to get the teams going I think you and I when we first mentioned these exhibition games well we're like well how's this going to work are teams really going to take these seriously not that you really take exhibition games seriously anyways but you only get one of them so you have to imagine that the full roster is going to be in there to try to get some game speed before they hit the playoffs which literally yeah. start the, the next day yeah so I was asking you I'm like what what's the incentive for these because the top four seeds kind of have exhibition games already. I mean, they establish seeding, but the the penalty is you get a lower seed. You're not knocked out of the playoffs. Right. So, and then I was asking you what your favorite matchup was when we were going through the games, and it was like, oh, wait, that's a rivalry game. That's a rivalry game. That's, and then, oh, now I know the incentive. So I'm, I'm glad they did it that way. Me too, and that'll create some excitement, hopefully. And it's a great way, I mean, if anybody's looking in a, for an excuse as a player to get into those games, to try to get yourself into that mindset, into that speed, I think this is a great excuse for it. And yep. we'll transition right into our favorite matchups, like you mentioned. Mine is Calgary and Edmonton. We've had some serious physicality in those, in those games, the Battle of Alberta, which has taken a new life. It used to be this you know, like everything was 20, 30, 40 years ago. is this crazy rivalry. Now it's back. Yep. These past couple of years have been intense between Calgary and Edmonton, and hopefully it happens again. I know I'll be watching as many games as I can, but I'll definitely make sure I get my eyes on that one. 
So remember earlier on in the year when we were doing our podcast during the school year, we said, imagine a Battle of Alberta playoff series because earlier on in the season, their goalies met at center ice and just went at it. Full-on fist fight. So um, maybe they're not going to do that with social distancing. I don't know, but it's got, I think it's going to be electric even as an exhibition game. My match, my exhibition favorite matchup is uh, the battle of the, the Beltway, I guess is what you can call it, or not Beltway, the Subway. Right. Yeah, Subway Series, like the Mets and the Yankees. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, Isles versus Rangers. The Rangers were red hot when everything ceased, and the Isles are, I mean, with Barry Trotz at the helm, of course they're going to be a defensive first Yeah, well, if you're an Islanders fan and you don't really want to try to find the bright side of this whole quarantine, pandemic, whatever you want to call it, but the Islanders were in a colossal skid before this quarantine began and hopefully this is a reset for them and like we just talked about what a way to get back into the mentality that to play your crosstown rival yeah exactly um and like i was saying the rangers were red hot like you said the aisles were on a skid so it'll be interesting to see how this three-month break essentially an off-season and then two weeks to get ready um this rangers team is super young we have said it multiple times that we're excited to see what the future holds for the Rangers because they're young. They're going to be really good next year or the year after that. Mm-hmm. So we're going to find out. It's going to be quick hockey. It's going to be exciting. Can't so, wait. Yeah. And then phase four right around the corner and off off to the races, playoff hockey. We can't wait. It's going to be awesome. So before we get into the new CBA extension that the, the league and the players have signed, let's talk about the opt-out process that people have been taking advantage of, I guess is the way to say it. So I'm sure none of these guys are happy with the way it's gone. I'll read off the list just quickly. Travis Hamanick of Calgary, Carl Alsner of Montreal, Mike Green of Edmonton, Sven Barchi of Vancouver, Roman Polak of Dallas, and Stephen Camper of Boston are the guys who have so far opted out of the restart, which is, you know, no penalty for those guys. They're been given that option by the players in the, in the league who have negotiated up until this point. I'm sure all those guys, like I said, are really sad and we're sad that they don't get to be part of that, but everybody has to take a look at their situation at home, their parents, their families themselves, and think about what, the best decision for them is and unfortunately for these guys that meant that they can't see the ice with their with their teammates yeah i i want to put out there because i've seen a lot of crap uh that athletes are taking for taking questions and wanting to stay home this is there's no wrong decision if you want to play play if you don't home and isolate with your family like you shouldn't be getting crap because you want your family to be safe because we don't, we still don't know anything about this virus. Agreed. I mean, it's still a brand new thing. So um, I, I wish these guys well, it stinks not having big names like Hamannick, Mike Green, Carl Osner, Pollock, especially. I mean, these guys are exciting, but yeah, best wishes to them. I mean, they made the, I think they made the right decision for their own individual situation. Yeah. You have to trust that they have. And, they don't they shouldn't even have to give a reason. Any guy 
on all 31 teams should be able to say, I'm not playing to keep exactly. myself safe. And that's the only thing they should have to say is, I'm not playing. There's a global pandemic. It feels yeah. like a good excuse. And none of these guys are using it as an excuse. Every single one of those seven guys that I just read, it's six guys. I tried to count really quick. Every single one of those six guys really wants to be out there. I can guarantee you that. It's yeah. Something has gotten in the way of that, and we wish them the best. Yeah, absolutely. Um, another thing I want to point out, Lars Eller, uh, he scored the game-winning goal for the Capital Stanley Cup. I mean, an, an icon in D.C. sports. He said he's leaving the bubble early August um, because his wife's expecting. I mean, they're expecting, I think, their second child. I, I don't blame him. It's going to stink. No. The situation that's going to happen is he's going to leave. Uh, what, how's the NHL going to handle him coming back? I would say the most likely situation is that he leaves, comes back, has to wait 14 days before he can even see his teammates, and then who knows how long it takes for him to get back in shape for him to play at that point. But that's probably an entire series. Absolutely. So that, that'll be interesting to see. But um, – Remember, the Capitals are in the round robin. So I think best case scenario is, say he leaves August 2nd, you know, exhibition or round robins go probably to August 10th. So he could right. be. So he, he missed two or three games. Yeah, and he's back in there. Yep. Yep. So best or case. Or maybe the kid comes two weeks early and he doesn't have to worry about it. Fingers yeah. crossed. <laughs> yeah. Well, we wish him and his wife the best, obviously. Absolutely. Yep. All right. You definitely understand that situation as well. All right, here we go. This is this is the reason that I opened up the show saying that the NHL is the best. The NHL and the NHLPA not only negotiated in quick time to get everything set up, dates, safety, testing pro protocols, everything set up for the restart. They also extended their CBA through 2026, active immediately, so it re outdoes I mean, overrides the next two years, which is when it was supposed yep. to expire. Unbelievable that they were able to get this done. Oh, exciting. And I think Gary Bettman listens to our podcast. Because remember, we said, Gary, if you're listening, get this thing done because we want NHL players in the Olympics. And that's something you haven't pointed out. But, yes, NHL players are back in the Olympics. They're this coming Winter Olympics in 2022 – and the following 2026, uh, my mind is blown. I'm, I'm looking up, like, I'm, I'm, when this was announced, I was, like, making mock lineups for the USA team. <laughs> yeah. We might win the gold. I'm excited. I cannot wait for 2022. And we were not expecting this, but cautiously optimistic that this would happen by that point. We knew yeah. that the CBA would expire right before that decision had to be made. So, I mean, thank God. That's going to be amazing. Can't wait to watch it in 2022. One notable thing that does come with this that is sort of against the players but is the reason that they were willing to get into this is salary cap will not increase next season. And also 10% of all player salaries are deferred and paid out over the next four or five years. And lastly, there's a lot of escrow, which is – in simple terms, as well as I understand it, is the money that the players have to pay back to the league based on expenses and stuff like that. Yeah. The league, the league players have an investment in the league is basically how it works. So the league runs as a function of them, and their escrow is 
basically their investment in, in the league. And it's low if the league is doing well, and it's high if the league is not doing well. So the league obviously losing a ton of money this year. Players are paying back almost 20% of their salary next year for escrow. But, I mean, they were able to agree on that so quickly. Sounds like they're okay with it. They're willing to feed that as long as they can play hockey these next four or five years. So, I mean, we're all excited. I think they're excited too from what it sounds like. And As much as fans boo Gary Batman, I, I do want to point out when this global pandemic hit, Gary Bettman, out of the four, the top four American sports, he's been the best commissioner, and I don't think it helps. Uh, Rob Manfred, he fired. Uh, that's the baseball commissioner for no people that don't know who that is. Um, and then I don't, don't even get me started on Roger Goodell. Goodell is still saying that the season is going to be completely normal. Yeah. And then Adam Silver, he's done a good job, but the NHL is by far – the top league and the trend center of to do to restart the season. So, yep. um, as, again, as much as NHL fans boo Gary Bettman, he's done a phenomenal job of getting this thing reset and getting the CBA done. And we got no labor disputes until 2027. So, I mean, yep. we're playing hockey nonstop until then. Hopefully me and you are working for the league by then. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. All right, so the next thing we have to talk about is NHL awards. Some of the finalists have been announced so far. Three of the trophy awards have been announced. And the finalists for the rest of the awards will come in the coming days and weeks. Um, let's just go over the three awards that were announced on Monday, Tuesday, and today, which yep. are the Ted Lindsay Award, the Jack Adams Award, and the Calder Trophy. Those, of course, being most valuable player as voted by the NHLPA most valuable coach, and most valuable rookie. Yeah. Um, so the reason we picked today to do our pod was because of all the dates. We felt like this was a good day to lead up all the dates, and then several awards had been posted already. And then by this time next week, um, all the awards have been announced, and it will be a good time, and players will be traveling. So uh, we're excited. Ted Lindsay Award, we got Leon Dreisaitl, Nathan McKinnon, Artemi Panarin, Jack Adams, finalist, Bruce Cassidy, John Tortorella. Go ahead and say his name because I don't know what I'm – Elaine, Elaine Vigneault. Oh, yeah, thank you. And then Carter, Kale McCarr, Quinn Hughes, and a guy that's not going to win it. Yeah, Dominic Kubelik. <laughs> no offense. Scored 30 goals. Scored 30 goals. He's no slouch. But Hughes and McCarr runaways with this one. So, Ted Lindsay, I got Leon Dreisaitl. Hard to deny this guy. Uh, I agree. I think but then again, this award is voted on the, by the PEA on purpose. It's because the players have a different idea of who's the most valuable because they play against them. So, they're going to decide based on who's the toughest to play against. A lot of the times, the Hart and the Ted Lindsay differ. But I, if it were us voting, Leon Dreisaitl takes it away. Yeah, so uh, I'm glad you said that because you brought that up. Uh, earlier on in the season that if they were up to us, McDavid would win the heart every year because he's it's obvious that he's just the best right. but he doesn't have the best stats and that's proven by the NHLPA, I mean he's already like a three time Ted Lindsay award winner because anybody yeah. that's on the ice that shares the ice with him knows that he's just the best player mm -hmm. 
So I think I think you're right, but the season Leon Dreisaitl, I mean, it's hard to deny that if you're on the ice, if you're off the ice, if you're watching in person, if you're watching on TV, he's been the best player on the ice. Definitely. It's going to be hard to cast your vote for anybody other than him. Yeah. For the Jack Adams, I mean, I'm torn. John Tortorella is my pick right now just because of how abysmal his team projected for this year and then yeah. how great they ended up being. Yeah, I know that's a simple way to think about it, but that's, he did an unbelievable job. I said it last time. I said it took a global pandemic for the Blue Jackets to make the playoffs. <laughs> yeah. You're right. I mean, they were projected to finish like dead last in the East. We said – Beginning of the season, Columbus and Ottawa, loser goes to the AHL and yeah. in the playoffs. We were I half think, right about that, to be fair, that we were well, half that's right true. About that. I think Ottawa, yeah, I think the winner of the Calder Trophy AHL moves up, Ottawa goes down. Yeah. But, um, uh, and then, of course, Bruce Cassidy. I mean, I know you're a Boston fan, but what an unbelievable job he's done. That division with Toronto and Tampa. Everybody thought it was a runaway for Tampa once again this year, and mm -hmm. that's not going to be denied the President's Trophy. Yeah, it's true. And Cassidy, a quick, quick fun fact about him, he's been coaching for three years. He's had two Jack Adams finalists. So 66% is the best coach in the league for three years. Pretty good. Feels pretty good. Feels pretty good. But like I said, I, I got to give it to Tortorella. I'd love if Cassidy won. I think that he deserves it, but I think Tortorella deserves it a little more. Yeah, good point. And then the Calder Trophy, I mean, that's going to be so tough. I'm, like you said, Kubalik is not on the list for me. Not to take away from this season, an incredible season by him. But, I mean, Quinn Hughes and Kel McCarr were far and away the best rookies this year. Quinn Hughes had eight goals and 45 assists for 53 points this year. So we both said that um, Kel McCarr, it wasn't even going to be close. Um, but Quinn Hughes had something to say about it. And Kel McCarr getting hurt, Quinn Hughes closed that gap. And now I think yeah, it's, he did. And I think it's going to be really tough to choose between Quinn Hughes and Kel McCarr. I'm not even going to try. I'm just going to wait and see what the, what the writers say. So – uh, tomorrow, the Bill Masterson Moral Trophy and the Lady Bang. Friday, the Vesna and the Willie O'Ree Community Hero Award. Uh, and then Monday is the Norris and the Selkie. And then Tuesday is the big one, the Hart Trophy. But I don't think it's going to be hard to take the Hart Trophy away from Dryside. It's going to be more interesting to see who the finalists are than it is to see who the winner is because we know who yeah. the winner is already. Yep. But there it is. What else you got, Matt? Nothing. I'm just ready for hockey. I just can't wait for hockey. Next time we see you guys, we're going to be breaking down all of the matchups, which I cannot wait to do. We're going to be coming at you probably two, three, four days before the, this whole thing starts up. So, cannot wait. Uh, we're going to break down. I mean, I, we're doing a short one now because to spare you guys because the because we're looking at a six. Six-hour show next time. Six-hour show. I mean, we're going to have, since we're on YouTube now, we're going to have charts. We're going to have, yeah. hopefully, and if we get taken down, we'll be on Spotify. So, but, yeah. yeah. I mean, 
hockey's back. Oh, we now, I, I haven't told you, but I'm going to tell you live on the air. We now sponsor a Twitch streamer. Oh, we do? Who's that? Captain underscore ZT. <laughs> uh, go follow him on, on Twitch. My brother, he plays a lot of Rocket League. I'm going to try to push him into playing a little bit of NHL, you know, but we now sponsor a Twitch streamer. Yeah, so shout out to Zach. You are now officially sponsored by the Good Go Podcast. There's no better sponsorships on earth. Oh, absolutely. If he doesn't become the best Rocket League player in the world, I don't know what what else he can get. I mean, sponsored by Nike, sponsored by Good Go Podcast. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I mean, which one's more lucrative? Who knows? Exactly. All right, that's that's all I got. All right, man. Well, we have a big, long show coming up in a couple weeks, so rest up your voice until then. Get your notes done. And we're going to be throwing a lot of stuff at you guys next week. I'm going to be uh, practicing my call. Hopefully, I need to talk to uh, the Clemson hockey higher-ups. Hopefully, we have a season. Uh, me and Christian are hopefully – I'm wearing my shirt, Clemson ice hockey. Hopefully, we're going to be on the call this season. Uh, we don't know. I mean, they haven't told us anything. So It's at the mercy of the gods, the hockey yeah. guys. We're going to be yeah, practicing we'll our – our play-by-play in color and vice versa in preparation that we have a season. But we'll, we'll, we'll know. As soon as we know, you guys will know. Well, we're T-minus one month until we're back on campus together recording these shows, probably in Matt's room this year because there's going to be no library. So, <laughs> with my Space Jam poster? Yep. <laughs> right with the Space Jam poster. So, well, we, we can't wait to be back together. Give you guys this pod. Hopefully, get you some Clemson hockey right on your tele- right on your TV. I almost said telly. I don't know. Maybe I'm watching too much British TV. It's been a long uh, quarantine. Um, I do. I don't know if this is official, but I'm gonna put it in y'all's ear. Capitals, Bruins, round robin. We might we might have to do a game companion for that one and just argue that. Yeah. One. Yeah. We'll we'll zoom while we watch it. Hopefully yeah. We'll throw the and then we'll post it. Yep. All right. That's all I got. Now we're just rambling. Yeah, now we're just rambling. We always do this. All right. We'll see you all next week. Peace. Peace.